This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's you, Sparky Fighter, 1250 AM. The fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He is Ryan Horvath smiling. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Bet MGM tonight. Uh, weeknights with Nick Ashu and Trista Crick. Of course, catch him Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on the fan in Milwaukee. If you are in the area, you can check him out there with uh, BetQL uh, tailgate to kickoff uh, and make sure to check him out. I listened to him uh, this last Saturday morning. I usually listen to him most Saturday mornings because usually I'm in the car between 8 and 9 a.m. every Saturday. So I get a chance to, to listen to my guy Ryan Horvath. Always good stuff. Always giving you advice. Most of the time you're winning money if you just listen to what Ryan Horvath says. Uh, okay, Ryan Horvath, Packers get the win 38 to 20 before we get really in depth uh, and kind of go at this thing. Uh, your thoughts initially of what you saw? You know, I try to enjoy, like I said, I try to enjoy a nice week one victory over the Chicago Bears, and I can't even enjoy it or I can't even be critical of the play calling early on from Matt LaFleur or else Packer Nation, Jordan Love Nation comes at me like I'm ripping Jordan Love. I'm not ripping Jordan Love. How positive have I been about Jordan Love on this podcast for the last three and a half months? Yeah, there's Gary Ellerson uh, calling me a Packer hater. I hate the organization. We need Gary. Either I got to go on his podcast or he needs to man up and come on You need on to go podcast. on his and Leroy's. I am so sick of this social media back and forth. I can't explain myself, okay? Like, Jordan Love looked good. Also, Jordan Love did throw from a clean pocket the entire game. Did As it? he should all year, made, I would assume. Made it. Right, right, right. That's that's the benefit behind, uh, you know, playing behind a great offensive line with Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, fully yep. healthy. He looked great yesterday. But uh, I can be critical of Matt LaFleur's play calling and still love Matt LaFleur, right? Like, I could be critical at times of Jordan Love. I was critical of Aaron Rodgers all of last season. I thought he was dumb. He was quarterback number 20 in the National Football League yet tonight. There I'll be with my Jets Aaron Rodgers shirt on just the same way that I was wearing my Jordan Love shirt yesterday. Feel the love. So didn't even get to barely enjoy it, man. But uh, all right, my biggest takeaways, really quick, defensive side of the ball. That's exactly what we wanted to see, right? More press man coverage. They were physical. The pass rush, they were in Justin Fields' face all day long. Uh, they didn't get killed by Cole Komet. Defense looked really, really good. They looked aggressive. You know, um, Wyatt making plays. Van Ness had his first sack, made a hell of a play on Justin Fields. Rashawn Gary... I think there was like, I think I want to say, I don't have it in front of me. I should. I know. I just got back from the gym though. Uh, busy day. I think there was 10 snaps that he played where Justin Fields dropped back. And I want to say Rashawn Gary was in the backfield on five of them. Yeah, that's right. 
That's yeah, correct. right? Yep. Right? That's just off the top of my head. He's right. a freaking monster. I told you that's what I was most confident in, though, was that he was not going to skip a beat coming off that ACL. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball. Jo- okay, so Jordan Love looked very good, throwing from a clean pocket, made all the throws, right? Nothing to complain about there, especially when you got to consider the fact that Christian Watson didn't go. Romeo Dobbs was dinged up, still caught a touchdown. All the young guys looked pretty good. Offensive line was great. My only complaint again now i understand why they're making phone calls for jonathan taylor i'd give up probably a second round pick i've changed my mind for jonathan taylor if i have to see aj Dillon carry the ball 13 (laughs) times for 19 yards they don't know how to use them and even when they do know how to use them like use those big ass legs for something aaron jones is a buck 85 soaking wet and he runs harder all right and this is what ellerson keeps talking about this pitch count this pitch count i'm fine Get Patrick Taylor more carries. Like, if something's not working, stop going to it. And for the last three years, like, there's this fantasy world. And I know if you look at, like, the grading, right, as far as efficiency, you could see A.J. Dillon top 10. But, like, eyeball tests, man. Take away the nerd stats, right? Like, he's a big dude. Yesterday, he's getting brought down by one, two guys. Have you ever seen Mike Allstop back in the day, Jerome Bettis? Derrick Henry. Even now, he's led the league in rushing attempts for the last five years. He's not getting taken down by one guy. The A.J. Dillon experiment needs to be over. It doesn't even need to be Jonathan Taylor with that offensive line. I know they're better pass blockers than run blockers. Get anybody in there, man. Because my only complaint, again, I'm tweeting out, where the hell is Aaron Jones? And I don't want to hear about this pitch count. And I know he fumbles in big games, and whenever he takes a big hit, he's on the sideline getting stretched out. But then, like, figure out something else. Because I promise A.J. Dillon ain't it. That's my only complaint, though. I don't disagree with you as far as being disappointed in Dylan, but when Jones Jones had that touchdown and he grabbed his hamstring, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Okay. Really quick on that. Really quick. I hate that because I thought he was doing, sometimes they do that stupid, uh, the Greg Jennings um, carrying the, you know, the team on my back thing, you you know, that's like we're playing Madden guys do that all the time now in college, especially where they come up like, and it's a celebration. And I was thinking, oh, man, is he really hurt? Because there goes the season right down the pooper right before we even get going. Or is this like, you know, an injury or is he doing a celebration? But, yeah, go on. But, yeah, yeah. You're right. What you just said is right. If they lose Aaron Jones, this offense changes dramatically. Like everything LaFleur planned in the offseason. And, I, I mean, I don't know if he has a plan B as far as, okay, if Jones gets hurt, we're going to this. This is what we're going to change, and this is we're going to look totally different. But if Jones stays healthy, which is what where our preferred option is, this is how this offense is going to look. The amount of pressure that would be put on Jordan Love if Aaron Jones can't play is going to be immense. Now, it doesn't appear this kid, you know, is bothered by pressure, is bothered by anything. And I, I love hearing him after the game talk about how he was visualizing all day Saturday about running off the field after a win and how they're going to play good. Woke up Sunday morning, still visualizing. And you hear a lot of these great athletes and you hear some of these psychologists talk, they talk about visualization being such a big thing um, in sports, whether it be individual sports or team sports or whatever. And to hear him talking that way, that was, that was cool. Now let's talk about Jordan love versus Justin Fields. I, I don't know exactly what Justin Fields is supposed to look like. That was what start 26, I believe for Justin Fields. And he looked no different than, than last year to me. That yeah. offense doesn't look that much different than it looked in the preseason. 
still just dinking and dunking, throwing screen passes, hoping guys can break tackles and get upfield, uh, trying to run the ball. And they don't have great running backs necessarily. They're not horrible, but they're not great. Uh, so you don't have that benefit necessarily uh, going either at this point. Jordan Loves makes his second career start. Mind you, he's been watching. I know for three years. I get it. Um, but he looked like more composed. He has a better offensive line. Fine. Uh, and I'll argue, and you may disagree with me, but DJ Moore is better than any wide receiver the Packers had on the field yesterday. By far, not close. And DJ yeah. Moore after the game is like, well, they were rolling coverage to me. Jerry Alexander's like, yeah, he had two catches, but what all did you think was going to happen with I'm guarding him? You know, that's just Jair. But they have other guys like Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney. There are other play. Chase Claypool is possibly the worst blocking wide receiver I've ever seen come out of a Pittsburgh Steelers organization in my life. God, he sucks. Uh, but besides that, what are they doing? I, I don't. I don't really understand. And then it, you listen to the score in Chicago, like I was listening this morning, and they're going after Lou Getze, the offensive coordinator, and saying, yeah. well, it's his fault, da-da-da-da-da. Right. And I, I'm listening to Brad Biggs down there in Chicago and the media personalities, and he's going, guys, there's no way a check down was the first or second option for a wide receiver. And if you look at his passes, 45% of them were to running backs. I mean, okay, so some of them were screens, but a lot of them were check downs to backs because guys weren't open. That is scheming guys open. Say whatever you want about Matt LaFleur, like him, dislike him. But there were some dudes getting open within the play designs that he had. And they gave LaFleur credit after the game for that. And they should give him credit. LaFleur, man, he's legit. I know it was all oh, without Aaron Rodgers, without Aaron Rodgers. Well, there was no Aaron Rodgers. He didn't have Christian Watson. And guys were still running free. Time out, though. Let's okay. See, here's where I love week one overreaction because, like, here's my over one week one overreaction. If I'm a Bears fan, like, they may be bad enough for Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's that's actually yes. scary. That's scary as a Packer fan, though, or Marvin Harrison Jr. If they well, want to stick with Justin Fields, and I don't think they're going to want to, unfortunately, man. He'd still look like the same one read quarterback. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? And that's my right. problem. But here's the thing, right? I'm not ready to write off Justin Fields because he's a hell of a football player. And I think there's a lot of talent, I think in the right system, like I think he could be better than Brock Purdy and be like a MVP candidate. If he's in San Francisco, if they draft Justin Fields and he's in that Shanahan offense, I think he's way better than Trey Lance, right? I'm not ready to write him off, but I mean, I'm getting pretty close to saying like, he's not the guy in Chicago. I can tell you who's not the guy in Chicago. It's Luke Getzey. And I can tell you who's coaching tree sucks. It's Matt LaFleur as I'm with you. Like Matt LaFleur, I don't really want to throw him under the bus for the AJ Dillon stuff because maybe he's just working with the straps he was given as two power one. Like, you know what I mean? But like, you need a different power back. You need, if Aaron, like, you need that goal line, you know, he's going to fight the tough for the tough yards, you know, power back. In Algier and Atlanta. Yes, because it ain't AJ Dillon. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, he had some beautiful play designs. Like, maybe that's why they were, I, I joked, like, oh, that's where Aaron Jones was. They were just, Saving, uh, saving up for this play. You know when he hits him with the, with the Jordan Love with that little um, screen pass on the but, other uh, side of the field, Ryan. On yeah, the was, other side of the field, he threw that. He ball. set that up. Well, he set that up perfectly all yes. game long. That was beautiful. There was a lot of beautiful play designs from Matt Lafleur. He's definitely the best on his coaching tree. But what we're finding out, man, Luke Getzey ain't it. Nathaniel Hackett sure as crap ain't it. He's Rogers' puppet. So I'm not ready to write off Justin Fields, but Luke Getzey's bad. Like Darnell Mooney's actually had really good success against Jair Alexander. 
and they had Alexander over there. It's just like the play designs from Chicago were terrible. There was no creativity. The offensive line still was a mess. It was a lot of Justin Fields running for his life, trying to make plays. So I don't want to throw it all on him, but nobody, like, if you're a Bears fan, what do you feel good about this morning? I didn't see anything. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not defensively, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't good defensively either. I mean, neither neither aspect of their game really played all that well. Yes, the Packers didn't move the ball necessarily after that first touchdown to the end of the half, but a lot of that was self-inflicted wounds, penalties. And, and LaFleur talked about that. Like, I can't call plays when we keep being in the negative after first down. Like, that has to stop in order for us to be able to get some type of drives because you can't get into a rhythm as a play caller if you're getting a penalty and it's first and 15. First and 20. And now you're trying to get yourself out of a hole. You can't run your offense. Yeah. I mean, so if I'm a Bears fan, like I don't feel awful though this morning because sure, Jordan loves better than Justin Fields most likely. Sure, the Packers are still better than the Bears. We have a real defense. They don't. But you may be bad enough to get a life-changing quarterback in Caleb Williams. I saw somebody's like, well, what's the difference between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields? Caleb Williams plays behind a really good offensive line at USC. Yeah, Caleb Williams, like, please watch football. He's going to be good, I promise you. And Drake May is going to be good, too. And who, who the hell knows, man? Like, what if, what if you get that Quinn Ewers the rest of the year? Texas, yeah. What if mm-hmm. you get Michael Penix making every single throw and staying healthy? What if Bo Nix is really – like, this is the year if you're going to suck to suck you brought up Marvin Harrison maybe you figure out Justin Fields is your guy I don't know it's too early to write off the Bears it's it's not too early to feel good about the Packers let me throw one more uh takeaway I can't believe I didn't lead off with this this was number one in my notes Darnell Savage Jr I said the experiment should be over I've changed my mind that was the best Darnell Savage Jr that we've seen I'm not even going to say since his rookie year we haven't seen that since Maryland that was awesome he was aggressive he played like a guy that knows that like He's been reading the press clippings and he knows his job's on the line. He may be out of the league. He may be in the USFL. He may be a DC defender in two years if he doesn't get his crap together. He was awesome. The secondary was really good. Rasul Douglas. I don't know about Ford. I I don't know about Ford. It's week one, man. Uh, He was graded out their third best defender last year. Let's we he's he's earned he's earned his uh he's earned like a longer leash, I'll say. Okay. I like this. I, I know Rasul Douglas like commits a bunch of penalties and he like He's a dog, though, man. Like, when he got matched up on tight ends a couple times there. Oh, and one last question. I know I'm all over the place, but here's another thing I was thinking <laughs> of in the third quarter, man. Why the hell do the Bears have 15 tight ends on their roster if they're not going to use any of them? Did you see Tunyon or, like, Mercedes Lewis? Tunyon was, Tunyon was hurt. So, he was hurt going into the game. There was a whole question if he was even going to play or whatever the case may be. Tunyon was well, hurt going into that game. Well, screw them for leaving him on the roster because I bet him to score a revenge touchdown because it was 150 to 1. So I bet like 10 bucks on it to try to get rich thinking Packers can't cover tight ends. We know what Bobby Tunyon can do. He could catch touchdowns in the red zone. Yep. That's the thing though. Like the bears have guys. What the hell were they doing yesterday? That, that like, I felt like watching that game. That was like me playing Nathan, my 10 year old in Madden. Like I'm running all this like creative stuff, pre-snap motion, calling audibles and stuff. And he's just like 
dropping back Justin Fields and running quarterback hey. design stuff and chucking into the back of you know. No, you way. look at the you look at these two teams right now. You want to talk about one that could fall off a cliff and the other that could build confidence. Like, not only are we going to win the division, we're going to be a problem because this Packers early schedule, as we talked about in the offseason, they could get off to a four and one start, right? Something like that. And yeah. if they get off to like a four and one start, the rest of the NFC is going, uh oh, here we go again. Here come the pack. Meanwhile, because the Packers get Atlanta. We're going to have Dear Orlando Ledbetter, uh, who covers the Packers for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, formerly of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel 100 years ago. And I used to read his column all the time. He'll be on Wednesday to talk about the Falcons. But my point is, the Bears, on the other hand, they go to Tampa now. If they lose that game in Tampa, their next game is uh, at Arrowhead. They could be 0-3 and three and go like, holy crap, we suck again. Like, losing one game, fine. But if you go lose to Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, got a win against the Vikings... If if Baker Mayfield now comes back and beats the Bears and they're zero and three after three weeks and the Packers are, I don't know, three and zero, something like that. This this is going to be Packers and Lions throughout the year going back and forth, trying to figure this whole thing out. I'm I I don't know what everybody thought they were going to see in Jordan Love or what they thought they were going to see in this Packers offense. But let me you say overreaction Monday. I'll, I'll, I'll make my overreaction and maybe it's a complete overreaction. He's going to put up better numbers than Rodgers did last year. I'll start there. Jordan Love will have better numbers than Aaron Rodgers had last year for the Packers. I think yep. by the end of the season, cool. he's going to put up better numbers. I hope, or else we got big issues. Rodgers wasn't very good last year, and he had a broken thumb on his throwing hand. So if Jordan Love, with two healthy hands, can't have a better you know season than a 37-year-old that was beat up that clearly had no interest in playing football for the Green Bay Packers last year once his boy Devontae got traded, you know. All, whatever. Hey, really good point, though. So the NFC North, all right? I think Detroit's for real. They just beat the defending champs. Granted, though, there's no real. Chris Jones on that field and no Travis Kelsey. That's Those are two of the best football players, not on the Chiefs, in the world. So that makes a huge difference. Oh, I'm going to watch it again right when we get done with this podcast. Skull! 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 Baker Mayfield comes to town. I told you. Tampa's either going to be a disaster or they're going to be last year's Seattle where they still got some dudes yep. and everybody's writing off Baker. Baker went healthy, took the Browns to the playoffs and they beat the Steelers. Baker went healthy. was one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Baker had one really crappy year in Cleveland because he tried to make a tackle on an interception and separated his shoulder and played through it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, now he's not great. You know what I mean? Like I would have him way below Jordan Love. Uh, but Tampa might surprise some people and Minnesota's defense is bad. And Justin Jefferson after the game was pissed and Justin Jefferson isn't going to work out a deal during the season. That's what I want. Goop. Give us Justin Jefferson. Oh, if yeah. I can have anything in this oh, world, yeah. give us Justin Jefferson. They're going to franchise tag that dude twice before he gets out of there. But Sparky, the Vikings suck. The bears disaster. So all we got to really worry about is the Lions, and let's say we split with the Lions. I don't even – it's not even about winning the NFC North. You know, you watch these teams in the NFC yesterday. I know we're going to talk with Orlando coming up later on this week. Really high on Atlanta, but Desmond Ritter is still Desmond Ritter. I'd rather have Jordan Love. Packers Agreed. might be – I bet the win total over 7.5. This might be a 10-win team. Again, this is overreaction week one. But if the defense looks like this – here's the thing. I'm rooting for the, you know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year for the Jets. But I think Jordan Love is a better fit for this Packers team. And I think this Packers team 
is better with Jordan Love than they would have been with Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers instantly makes the Jets a Super Bowl contender. I think Jordan Love instantly makes the Packers a true contender in the NFC North. Because this is a – now we're seeing like, okay, that yesterday was the LaFleur offense. Awesome. There was some really creative stuff. I still would like a little bit more Aaron Jones. And if he's going to be on a pitch count, try out these other backs because A.J. Dillon ain't it. I mean, I guess you could give them another shot against Atlanta's defense, but Atlanta spent a bunch of money on their defense, and they, they looked did. pretty good yesterday, especially in the secondary. Jesse Bates had two picks. So if A.J. Dillon ain't it, like, let's stop that experiment now because now it's, you know, year three, and uh, I know you use the second-round pick, but if he ain't it, he ain't it. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, everything we saw yesterday, these young guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's what I like is – Going into the year, a lot of people are like, well, what's Van Ness's role? Just like when we talked about when they drafted Rashawn Gary and they had Preston and Zadarius Smith. Look at these teams that actually win, especially in the NFC North, like the Eagles a couple years ago. Um, granted, it's in the AFC or, you know, no, in the NFC, the Giants teams that were beating the Patriots. They weren't winning because Eli Manning was a better quarterback than Brady. You know what I mean? The Eagles didn't win that Super Bowl because Nick Foles was a better quarterback than Tom Brady. They won those Super Bowls because they had six or seven pass rushers that they could rotate. Like Chris Long would only play third downs on those teams. Yep. Now the Packers had that. Rashawn Gary's the real deal. Van Ness looks good. Preston Smith should have a bounce back year. I hope to see more of that from Wyatt. You know, now you're using Kenny Clark a different way. Packers just got guys on the defensive side of the ball. And the offense is going to be fun. And every week, kind of like the Eagles last year. You know, I think the Eagles, if you watch that game against the Patriots, they didn't look very good after the first quarter. And, like, even the first quarter, they had big turnovers. Darius Slay had a pick six. Offense looked very bland. The, the Packers could be like the Eagles this year, where you don't know every week, man, you have no idea what the hell to expect from them. I agree. I, I don't I don't disagree with anything that you necessarily said at this point. I, I The Giants, whew, they got their butts kicked. The <laughs> I told um, you the Cowboys are for real. Yeah, and the Giants are done. I'll, I'll put that right now. I said last week Daniel Jones isn't going to be Daniel Jones as he was last year, and I'm still going to stick with that until proven otherwise. This is the other thing for me on this Packers uh, game as we talk about the Packers over the Bears, 38-20. to 20. Uh, takeaways from week one. Don't forget, download Curtin Long Podcast and where you download your Odyssey uh, on your Odyssey app or where you download your favorite podcast at. Also streaming this bad boy live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page each and every time we do it. Uh, and today, uh, streaming it at Sparky Radio too. Uh, okay, so... Let's talk a little bit about some of these young guys and kind of how they played uh, in general. So Quay Walker, second year. Dude, not only was that interception sweet, Ryan Horvat, dude, he trucked. That, who was that? I think that was a running back. He trucked that running running back, 23, I think it was for the Bears. And then that dude got up and chased Quay Walker all the way down the field. Never caught him until, until he got to the end zone. But that interception was sweet. But the return, I think, was even sweeter than the interception. And Walker was a guy that you really didn't hear much from in training camp. No, he was really talking about Quay Walker. Preseason games? Nope, not really talking about Quay Walker. And week one comes and Quay Walker, probably the nail in the coffin moment of the game, I guess, for the Packers, where you just pretty much put the nail in the Bears' coffin and said, this one is officially over after that Quay Walker play. And that's what you need Quay Walker to do. You need him to make big impact plays like Clay Matthews used to do in big moments. You need that from Quay Walker now. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I like Quay Walker once he's – I mean, Quay Walker is at his best when he could just go out there and just make plays, right? Like, he doesn't have to think too much. He just goes out there, flies to the ball because he's a playmaker. 
he's a dog out there. That's what we like about him. You just wanted him to mature a little bit. He was a rookie last year, but obviously, you know, you can't be fighting assistant coaches and trainers and stuff like that. But like you said, the pick was great. And especially when, like, that's what this team needs. I said that before the year. If this team is going to win 10, 11 games or compete in the NFC, they're going to have to take the football away. You know, and I mean, that's so hard to rely on every single week. But, I mean, if they take away the football, picks, you know, strip sacks, stuff that we saw yesterday, this is going to be a good football team. And like you said, the move that he made after, I mean, where has this kind of stuff been like the last decade plus when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the Packers? You know, that was the whole thing. Like selfishly, I kept for like him and stuff. I kept thinking like, man, why didn't the defense play like this last year? Where was this Minnesota, you know, week one last year? But right. It's it's I mean, let's be fair here. If if you're going to overreact one way or the other, to me, you can overreact and be wrong more about the defense than you can overreact and be wrong about the Packers offense. In my mind, like what the Packers in an offense more than likely is probably kind of be what they are. The way they ran the football, the way they use the screen game, the way they use Aaron Jones. That's kind of going to be what it is, right? Defensively, I don't know. Because the Bears offense sucks. So I, I don't know how much I'm supposed to buy into what the Packers defense looked like yesterday. Let me see what they do uh, against, and again, another bad quarterback and Ritter coming up. But let me see if they can stop B. John Robinson and Algier from putting up 200 yards against them in week two. Let me see what that looks like because run defense has always been a thing for them, right? They've always struggled to run defense. Can they cover Kyle Pitts? Tight end. Can they cover Kyle Pitts? Let's see what they do against Atlanta Can they stop the run? Can they stop it? If they do it in week two, then maybe we got something with the Packers. I'm not as ready to jump up and celebrate the Packers defense like I am the Packers offense. I don't know. I think I am. So that was a great uh, interception, pick six, obviously. Great move. But is he okay? Because he was also being evaluated for a He walked off. Yeah, I know, but like, is it? But the problem is, is he going to be available, especially with the new concussion protocol for week right. two against Atlanta? That's a guy that you're going to need out there, especially like you said, uh, with the run concepts, run concepts. Jeez, it's Monday with Arthur Smith drawing up those plays. Uh, but yeah, Quay looked good, defense looked good. But right, let's see when they step up in class. Let's see what they do against a really good Atlanta offense. Let's see what they do against that Saints offense. Although that Saints offense. Didn't look great. Probably should have lost to Tennessee yesterday. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, sure, we got to pump the brakes because it's just the Bears. But you still blew out a team on their home field that had all summer to prepare for you, man. And a rivalry game. And you're a young-ass team, like the youngest wide receiver room in the league, and you didn't even have your number two or your number one, whatever Watson is. And I watched all these other teams. I'm not there with the Saints. I feel better about Atlanta than I do with the Saints um seattle got beat yesterday by the rams matthew stafford looks so damn good i just without cooper cup now san francisco did look really good brock purdy may not become the pumpkin that i predicted uh he may be really good dallas looked really good but the eagles didn't look great commanders almost lost to the cardinals I, i think the packers are a playoff team i really do and again Overreaction Monday, right? If you're if you're a fan of another team, you're like, oh my god, Packer fans talking about a talking about a playoff berth after they beat the worst team in football last year in the Chicago Bears. But the Bears just spent a lot of money in free agency, right? You had a whole offseason to work with Justin Fields to try and make him better. All this hype. This do you know why this felt so good to me? I'll tell you why it felt so good to me. I have never seen as much trash talking crap from Bears fans as I saw on social media for the last mm, two months. 
Uh, it was nonstop watching Packer fans and Bear fans fighting. And Bear fans going, ah, it's all done. Aaron Rodgers is gone. It's Justin Fields' time now. Da 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 da. Everybody running their mouth about how great Justin Fields was going to be and how they were going to take care of the Packers. And I'm watching this game going, I wonder if I'll see as many Bear fans on Twitter uh, running their mouth as, as I did prior leading up to this game. Because it's clear as day, not only was Love better, but they're going to have a better football team than the Chicago Bears do. Even with all your free agency additions and Edmonds in the middle and everything they did, they're just a better football team. And I'll take it another step further. They're a much better coach football team in Green Bay than yeah. they are in, in, in Chicago at this point. And I like Everflus. I like him a lot. I think I think he's a good coach. You know, he was in Indianapolis as a defensive coordinator. As a head coach, don't know. I have no idea. I mean, they were awful last year, uh, yeah. clearly. But they're going to have to make uh, significant changes down there as far as philosophy goes if they're going to take a step forward. For you, if you you harped on A.J. Dillon, right? As far as, okay, I, I didn't like what I saw on A.J. Dillon. I'll tell you what I'm getting sick of. I'm getting sick of Jair Alexander. That's who I'm getting sick of. I what? am running out of my patience with Jair Alexander. That He's the dude, best player on that side of the ball. What are you talking about? I, I don't care. I He drives me crazy. Just oh, won't him. shut up. Talks constantly. Just He's a corner. all the time talking, talking, talking. Yes, I'm like, do. oh, my God, shut up. Now, the hit that he made on Justin Fields that started that fight on the sidelines, that was clean. I had no problem with that. I'll tell you what I liked. TJ Slayton. Good job. I know you got flagged, but you came running over to defend your guy who's much smaller as he was on the opposing sidelines to go over there and, and try and make sure Alexander didn't end up in something he can get himself out of. So I like that. Even though he got flagged, I liked it. And then what happens? Now they're running off the field. And what happens, Ryan? He's still running his mouth. Alexander gets shoved by DJ Moore. DJ Moore, the vet who should have obviously kept his cool, but Alexander got in there. So in that instance, Alexander's mouth benefited the Packers because then they got offsetting penalties instead of just getting flagged for Slayton. And ah, I don't know. Alexander I like trash talk. Me. I love Jair, so I can't I can't join you on that one. The trash talk drives me nuts. It just hey. absolutely drives me nuts. Same here. But here, here, we'll talk about some good sportsmanship then. How about Justin Fields getting Jordan Love's mom yeah. some tickets so she didn't have to sit in Egypt again? That was, I thought, a really classy move. Right? No doubt. Um, also, really quick, another reason that you could be so excited about the Packers, though, is yesterday, I mean, you would consider Eric Stokes to be a pretty good player, right? He was a first-round pick, and he's cornerback number two. He's not even on the field yet. I Christian Watson on the field. is probably going to be 25 30% of your offense, even when he's not touching the football, just because of game planning for Christian Watson. He wasn't even on the field, and you hung how many points? 38 on the Bears? Yeah. That's why I'm saying, man, like, there's a lot of reason for optimism. And Jaden really Reed. Hey, and if you like gamble, if you're a betting man, um, a lot of people like Green Bay against Atlanta. They opened up as one and a half point dogs. I'm looking at this right now. That's down to pick. That's huge. That just blew through a key number. That means that a lot of professional gamblers like Green Bay this week in Atlanta. That's kind of surprising because we know that that defense struggles against tight ends and against the run. And Atlanta has a, we think a good tight end in Kyle Pitts. I think the jury's still out there, but we know they got a run game. Algier scored two touchdowns yesterday. Bijan was really good yesterday. They're using Making people miss all over the place. Patterson wasn't even active. You were right there. He might be the he was hurt. Out. Yeah. He, well, he was hurt. He, he's been hurt for a couple of weeks. Well, this I, is, I, let me ask you this. You're a betting guy. Bet MGM tonight, right? You make a lot of money. I don't gamble. Sometimes. How much of a week to week matchup in the NFL is simply best quarterback? 
how much of it just comes down to best quarterback in the NBA in a playoff series, best player in the series. Normally their team wins. That's normally how it is in the NBA for the NFL. Is it just that simple? Best quarterback normally wins. No, I'm going to say no, just because like, Historically, then Aaron Rodgers would have a bunch of Super Bowl rings. I think Aaron no, but Rodgers. Don't they cover games he's in or whatever the case may be when you're talking about gambling? No, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback to ever live. He's not great against the spread, though, because the really? Chiefs are always overvalued because of him, like eight and a half, wow. nine point spreads. Hell, like look at even that game against Detroit closed at five and a half, five, whatever it closed at. Uh, so, no, I mean, I would I would say Justin Herbert's the better quarterback than Tua, although I don't know, man. Uh, you know, and Tua beat him yesterday. That Charger defense, where were they? I drafted the Charger defense in fantasy. Okay, great defense. Here we go. They were horrible. They were awful, man. They, they were really bad, and uh, Kellen Moore was really bad. I, I Oh, you don't say. Your boy, Kellen Moore. McCarthy's offense was running easy. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, man. If I'm Kellen Moore... I'm in. I'm probably in a bar last night until like three, four a.m. Feeling really bad about myself. They had a they had a four point lead in the fourth quarter, right? And it's third and one, and they actually put Justin Fields. They ran him out of empty with nobody in the backfield. Why you wouldn't Herbert, run the you're ball talking with about. Austin Eckler, or at yeah. least have the threat of running, makes absolutely no sense. Um, and then Miami gets the ball back and wins the game. So Kellen Moore got a little too cute. Maybe that's his issue. Yeah, Mike McCarthy last night was great, though. It helps, though, when the defense, you know. Uh, dominant. Just dominant, man. Like, oh, they look so damn good. Diggs in looked really good. Quarter, in the fourth quarter, you're like, okay, it's over. And they're still killing people. Guy gets the ball over the Giants. Wham, down he goes. The dude's just standing over him. I'm like, oh, my God. And they were yeah. playing in a rainstorm. And that wasn't dry conditions. That offense had to play with all kinds of rain pouring on them. And they just absolutely throttled the Giants. One last thing on the way out here. I never changed my little graphic on the video. Sorry, YouTube. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what other NFL games stood on week one? We've talked about a lot of games already. What about the Bengals? That Bengals-Browns game. What happened? I got... Okay, fine. Maybe Deshaun Watson and the Browns will be better, but I don't think anybody saw Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense struggling that much. You said the Cleveland defense was going to be better. I told you guys all that that was going to happen. So Joe Burrow's not fully healthy. Zach Taylor's game plan was to lean on Joe Mixon in the run, and the Browns spent a bunch of money on their defensive line, and I like all their pickups that they made. So the offense didn't even have to do a whole lot against Cincinnati. Joe Burrow just did not look comfortable yesterday. That one didn't surprise me. What surprised me was how good Matthew Stafford looked yesterday for the Rams. They beat everybody's darling team in the NFC, the Seattle Seahawks. Defense looked good. At one point, Geno Smith like had tears in his eyes when Aaron Donald was coming at him, and he was like, uh, that was awesome to see. But Matthew Stafford yesterday with like Puka and Van Jefferson and a bunch of no-name dudes looked awesome. Looked really good. I don't think yeah, you no can off, man. I don't think Sean McVay comes back to coach a five-win team. Like he doesn't skip out on all that broadcast money and his beautiful wife. He, he wanted to go back because I think he thinks he could still win games. San Francisco looked really good in the NFC. Eagles didn't look very good. Defensively, they looked all right, but they were playing the Patriots. I think they might take a step back. Remember, like Dallas. My biggest- remember, remember about Philly. And nobody's talking about it. They have two new coordinators. Both right. those coordinators left. So they have two new coordinators. And you can say whatever you want about coaching, but that does mean something. When you start talking about calling plays on offense and defense throughout the course of a game, that that does come into play, I would think, Ryan. Yeah. 
And that's what I'm saying, man. Like the Eagles had a lot of turnover, like, and they got a lot of young guys now on the defensive side of the ball. They lost some guys. You lose a guy like Shane Steichen, like you said, Jonathan Gannon. So, um, yeah, I expect some regression from Philadelphia. They should still be good, though. Don't get me wrong. They should still win 10, 11 games. And then in the AFC, like Tua and the Dolphins looked really good, and they're not even fully healthy yet, especially in that secondary. Jalen Ramsey hasn't even shown up fully healthy yet. So they had Eli Apple starting. They look good. They beat the Chargers. It was just a wild day of football, man. But I think the biggest takeaway in the NFC has to be how good Dallas looked. And I get it was Daniel Jones and the Giants, but that was a playoff team. And that's a really good offensive mind and Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka, who had a whole summer to prepare for a really good defense. And they got shut out 40 to nothing. And that wasn't a game of Madden. The offense looked good. More Tony Pollard, no Zeke. Uh, Dak. Dak's not going to throw 15 interceptions again. My favorite bet coming into the season was Dak under 12 and a half interceptions. He's going to clean that up. And I like Dak. Like, why does Dak always have to – it's like it, – that's the lazy thing to do in the NFL at the end of the year is blame the quarterback. Well, Dak's never going to win a Super Bowl. How the hell do you expect Dak to win a Super Bowl? Like two years ago, the final play call of the season is a quarterback right. draw with no timeouts. Last year, the final play call of the season, Ezekiel Elliott, a washed-up running back, direct snapped him the ball and got blown off the line of scrimmage. Like, yep. You know yeah, what I mean? He, he so is like, Ryan Horvath. By MGM tonight, Steve Sparky Fireford. Follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday with the Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Look ahead to Packers and Falcons. 